Great to be here tonight. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Jared. I'm one of the worship pastors here. Very excited about the word God has given me. Go ahead and raise your hand if you were not here last week. No, no condemnation. Wow, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so glad you guys are here tonight. Tonight, I want to dive in. If you could turn to your Bibles with me to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I love these hot summer days. It's a great excuse for me to go home to my wife and say, Han, I think we should cool off with some ice cream. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I'm going to grab my water real quick. Oh, man, I'm, I'm just, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, the goods are, it's, we come to church, we gather the fellowship of the saints, you know, the Bible says we come, we get sharper, that a pastor's job is to train and equip the saints for the work of the ministry, but the goods are what just happened, as we come and we sing in unity, our hearts in unity, and we worship God. That's where the goods are. God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. Amen? Man, I get fired up. It's not because I'm a worship pastor. It's because I love, love worshiping my God, my King. I got something to worship about. I got something to worship him for. Amen? He saved me. He set me free. I'm looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Last week, we camped on verse 1, and I want to read verses 1 and 2 to you guys tonight, and I want to dive in a little deeper to verse 2, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And all God's people say, Amen. Last week, we talked about verse 1, Hebrews 12, verse 1, where God tells us to run with endurance. To run with endurance the race set before us. We talked about running with marathon faith. And last week, it's an interesting fact, you know, human beings, the human body, we're pretty slow in a sprint compared to the rest of creation, right? We're pretty slow. But God has designed the human body in a unique way that we can outrun almost every animal in God's creation in the distance run. And that's an interesting fact. But the difference there is between our capability and our ability, God has given us that capability. But to get to a place where that is an ability of ours, we have to train. We have to work hard, right? And so last week we talked a bit about some things we can learn and glean from running this endurance race. We learned that it's a, a marathon and not a sprint. We learned that to run the race, you need a running buddy. Because a lot of times as we run this race, sometimes we want to quit. Sometimes we want to throw in the towel because it gets hard. And we also learn that there's a finish line, that God has given us a finish line. And so today I want to dive into verse 2. I want to dive into verse 2, and, and I, I got a lot of scripture I want to get to you guys. 
And so let's just dive right in, okay? Uh, there are some things here that we can glean from these two verses, amazing things. That to run God's endurance race, he's given us all the tools we need. It's called God's grace. God's grace. And I want to dive into some of the weights that trip us up. Some of the weights that hold us down that in verse 2, in verse 1 and 2 there, God says to cast off those weights because they slow us down. The sin that so easily trips us up. I want to dive into some of that tonight. So point number one, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to. God gave me four points. I'm very excited to share with you guys tonight. Point number one, something to remember, something to never forget is that you're a new creation and you have a new nature. You're a new creation. Everyone say, in Jesus, I'm a new creation. I want to read you guys Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I want to read verse 24 there again. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That word holy there means set apart. So here's how it goes down. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you're not the same person you used to be. When you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior over your life. The spirit of the living God comes and takes up residence in you. Are you hearing me, church? He comes to dwell in you, which means you are not the same person you used to be. You have what is in the natural, and God has come and added his super to it and designed you and made you to go into Every single place you step foot, you're an ambassador for Christ, which means you represent that nation with every step that you take. God designed you and made you to go into new places and change atmospheres. Change the temperature of the room. You guys hearing me? We got to get this and we have to hold on to it. God created he spoke. Earth was formed. Everything we see was formed. God created Adam and Eve. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said to Adam, don't eat the fruit of that tree or you will surely die. And God was speaking to that spiritual death there. So Adam made the decision because God also gave us free will. He made the decision to eat of that tree that God said not to. And the curse of sin entered the world. Spiritual death. Separation from God. The curse of sin entered the world. And though, so through that, Bible says through one man, sin entered the, wor the world. And through one man, it was done away with. When Adam ate of that tree, all of creation was subject now to the curse of sin. Death, decay, disease, rot, 
And Jesus came and broke all of that. Amen. And when we come to Christ, we can live in that fact that we're no longer bound by the way the world says that we have to live. And so when we come to Jesus, we have to remember that when we're running the endurance race, we have to live out of our new nature. We have to live out of God's strength and God's power in us. We're no longer bound by the way the world says that we should live. And so our lives naturally are going to look different. Amen? All of a sudden, I remember when I, when I gave my heart to Christ, the friends that I used to run with, I, all of a sudden, I didn't want to have anything to do with the things I used to do with them. It wasn't appealing to me anymore. All of a sudden, the things I used to do with them, God's new nature was in me. I still had the choice, though, right? I still had the choice. Am I going to dive back into that? Or, God, am I going to let you do what you are doing on the inside of me and step out in faith and step out in the new, maybe the unknown, knowing that God is with me and he's for me and he's taking me to an amazing new place that I've never been before. I'm excited tonight, you guys. It's not just all the coffee I drank before I came here. <laughs> we often try to run this endurance race, this marathon faith race. We try to run it in our own strength and steam. And I'm preaching to myself tonight. A lot of times, as we're walking out our faith, you guys, how many of you guys have ever been in that valley where you're just feeling dry? You're feeling like, man, this is hard. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this next thing. A lot of times, it's because We've developed a pattern of trying to do things on our own strength and steam. We forget to stop in the busyness of life. We forget to slow down and spend a little time with our dad. Are you hearing me? And ask for his advice, his counsel. God, what would you have me do? Give me your peace. Help me to follow it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Paul writes here to the church in Corinth, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. That scripture tells me that there are things that when we're living in our new nature, that there are things that God freely gives us that when we live according to the world's spirit, we can't know. We have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. Jesus Christ has freed you from the change of this world. You know, this is, this is my life right now. I have four kids. My youngest just turned four. <laughs> and uh, you guys remember maybe if you have young kids or maybe you remember as a child running through the house and your parents saying, hey, no running. I have to get after my kids all the time, especially my youngest. I said it last week. He has a bad habit of taking off. And he'll run this way, but he's looking this way. And he doesn't see the wall or the uh, chair right in front of him. <laughs> but when we come to Christ, God says, step outside, and I want you to run. Let me take those weights for you. Now run with everything you got. Paul said, I run to win. God calls us to run this race. 
So that was the first point. We have a new nature. Point number two, choose God's way, not your own. Choose God's way, not your own. You know, when we operate in our own flesh, I don't know about you, but I can make a mess of things pretty quick. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, this is a, a really, as I was preparing for tonight, God really spoke to me on this. This is a word for our generation right now. That the Bible, the way God lays it out for us to live, it's not a bunch of rules. It's God telling us the best way that we can live because he loves us. Because he's a good dad and he wants the best for his kids. When we lay out guidelines and parameters for our kids, it's not because we want robots to do what we say. It's because we love them and we want the best for them. And we live in a culture where everything is relative. Truth is relative. If, if, it, if it's good to you, then it's good. That's the culture we live in right now, church. That's the, the culture that we have to stand firm on God's word because even God's word is under attack. And we as the church, we can stand up and say that God's word, you don't, we don't get to pick and choose what we like and what we don't like. Our faith has to dictate the way we live, not the way we live dictate our faith. We choose God's way, not your own. This is just one illustration. I can remember uh, my wife had just graduated from Grand Valley. Uh, state over here and we wanted to move back to the other side of the state where her and I are both from and uh, I was serving here I was playing percussion on the worship team and uh, we wanted to move back to be closer to family but we made that decision and I'm just being real with you guys we made that decision with little to no prayer really we just kind of said well Alicia's done with school let's go back over to the other side of the state and uh, it was less than a year later, we ended up back here. God wasn't done with us over here. I, we ended up back here, and I, was, I came back here to do an internship in the Worship and Creative Arts Department under Pastor Ken over there. But that process, it got a little messy, you know. And how many times in our life do we make decisions like that without slowing down, saying, God, what would you have me do? Are you done with me right here where I'm at? This season, maybe where I'm working right now, Lord, are you done with me here? This place I'm living, God, are you done with me here? Because God will take you through different seasons in life, but every step of the way, he's refining you. He's making you into a more pure product to be like the reflection of his son, Jesus Christ. When we operate in our own flesh, in our own wisdom, we end up going right back to that familiar world system that we grew up in. Because when we were born, we were born into a fallen world, a world dominated by the curse of sin. And so we grow up 
in that familiar atmosphere, and we can easily fall back into that. We have to remember we have that new nature, and that before we step out into something unknown or a new decision, a new, even, let me tell you guys something. God cares about the little things in your life, the little details, even the little things. God is a loving Father, and He wants an intimate relationship in your life. Don't be afraid to stop and say, Lord, what would you have me do right now? I want to do things your way, not my own way. Amen? He will not fail you, even if it doesn't make sense in the natural. When we do things God's way, we choose God's way and not our own. You guys need to remember... And I know most of you have probably heard it said, we're blessed to be a blessing, right? God is going to use you to speak into someone else's life. God is going to use you to help call someone else around you into an eternity with him. God is going to use you to help call somebody. Who knows, you could be working with somebody right now that God wants to use in a mighty way, maybe even to call into the ministry, Maybe even to call into a life as an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. Someone to go out and change the world for Jesus Christ. A prayer warrior. Somebody that you could speak life into and God would use in a mighty way to pray more people into his kingdom. It's been said that God doesn't do anything this side of heaven but by a result of prayer. The prayers of the saints. Gone up over years past. That's something interesting to think about. When I say eternities are at stake, I want to tell you guys a story. When I was a worship pastor, serving as worship pastor in Ionia, um, it was the beginning of the week, and we got a phone call in the church office. I was I was the pastor, kind of on on call um, to go out if anyone needed prayer, anyone needed anything. You know, I was the pastor that was available at that time. And, and we got a phone call that a gentleman was dying of cancer. He was dying of cancer. He was struggling. Now, the phone call said that within the next few days, we would like a pastor to come. Within the next few days. And my to-do list was long. I had lots to do. You know, so in the flesh, in the natural, I'm thinking, all right, I got I to get this done and this done. And this done, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let it go. The Holy Spirit just kept saying, you need to get there and pray for that guy. You need to get there. And so, hey, when the Holy Spirit doesn't let something go, you need to listen, right? So I went and I walked in the gentleman's house and family were all gathered around and he did not look well. But I was able to look him in the eye and say, sir, do you want to know that you know that you're going to heaven today? He said, yeah, we prayed that prayer. And I went right back to my to-do list because I had to get stuff checked off. And we got a phone call. The very next morning, he passed away. The very next morning. And in the natural, if I would have done what I wanted to do and not chose to do things God's way right then and there, I don't even want to think about that, to be honest with you. Because I would have to live with the fact that I didn't put my to-do list down and just go pray with somebody and help lead them to know that their eternity is secure and they're with Jesus Christ right now. Not confined to a bed ridden with cancer. They're dancing with the King of Kings. And so know that. 
as you choose God's way, you're going to have God's peace along the way. Amen? As you choose God's way, you're going to have God's peace along the way. Romans, chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes, Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. In our microwave, Burger King, have it your way, right away culture, you know, they even, you can order something online and a drone will come deliver it to your house. That's crazy. We got to be careful that we stay submitted to God's will and do things His way. We don't come to church as consumers, right? I, now, I'm not saying this under condemnation to anyone as a worship pastor. I hear it sometimes every once in a while. I'll hear, well, I just don't like that song. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's okay because that song wasn't for you. I say it in love, but it's true. We're not here to consume worship. We're not here to consume. We're here to glorify our God and King. And he, that's why he's given us a new nature. Because he also knows that as we pursue him, we're going to have the best life we could possibly have. The Bible says, Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That was the first scripture I ever memorized as a kid. Went to my grandma's church, and they gave me this, this uh, it was on a, like, framed. I could put it on my wall, and I remember I put it right next to my bed so I could read it every morning when I woke up. Seek first the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4, chapter 30. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Romans 6.12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Romans 8.9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be controlled by God's Spirit living in me. I'm not confined to the way the world says I have to live. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Point number three, if you're taking notes. Get rid of the weights. Get rid of the weights. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I want to read that part again. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Remember, God has broken the shackles and the chains of this world offer you that when you come to Jesus Christ, you've been given that new nature. But so often we want to pick up that weight again. So often we want to pick it up again and try to continue running. God says, no, give it to me. Even in worship tonight, I was giving things to God. But you know what we do in worship a lot of times? In a moment of worship, maybe at the altar, God, I give you this. I give it to you. I lay it down. Okay, song's done. We pick it up and we try to keep running with it again. God says, no, give it to me. Leave it with me. 
I got bigger and better things for you, and this weight is slowing you down. Keep running. Run to win. Run with endurance. And so I want to ask you guys, are you carrying a weight today? Are you carrying some weights today that God's been telling you to set down and give to him? God really spoke to me as I was preparing. And as we end service tonight, we're not done yet. But when we start to close this thing out, I want to give some time for you guys to come up to this altar and receive prayer. I really believe there are some weights in this room that need to be broken off of people tonight. And so when we go to close, I, I just want to say it now and make it known. If there's some weight that God's been speaking to you about, I want to encourage you to come down here. We want to pray for you. Ephesians 4, chapter 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Paul writes here to the church in Ephesus. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I love the progression that you can see here that God lays out. We can see that rage and anger, when it's bound up in our heart, it's manifested in the words we say. It manifests itself in the things that come out of our mouth. Harsh words, slander. And that progression continues on to all kinds of evil behavior. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. In college, I took indoor rock climbing as one of my classes. It was awesome. It was one of the best classes ever. I didn't know you could take rock climbing as a class and get credit for it. It was awesome. But I have a new appreciation for what a foothold is. If you guys don't know what a foothold is, when you, when you rock climb... You're taught to use your legs more than your arms because your leg muscles are quite a bit bigger than your arm muscles. Your arm muscles get tired out. But to use your legs effectively when you climb, you need a good foothold because that foothold allows you to get some more steam to be able to reach to new heights, to be able to reach into a new place. Are you guys following me? Tonight, the Bible says here in Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. I don't know about you, but I don't want to give the devil any foothold in my life. I don't want to give him a foothold to be able to gain any more strength or steam to reach into a new area of my life and start wreaking havoc. So Alicia and I, my wife and I, we have a rule in our house. We don't go to bed angry. By this scripture... God tells us, you were not designed to harbor anger in your heart for any longer than 24 hours. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. There is such a thing as righteous anger, righteous frustration, but be angry and do not sin. Is anger, is a spirit of anger dominating your life, your thoughts. Are you having arguments with people when they're not even there? If so-and-so said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing and you keep 
You keep running the argument in your mind over and over again. That's a good indicator you got something built up in your heart towards that person. God didn't design you to hold on to anger. Uh, so Alicia and I, you know, any healthy, good, healthy marriage, you butt heads every now and then, you know. When Alicia and I, will we'll get into, and it's never because I do anything wrong, because I don't do anything wrong. I'm, she's laughing. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I usually, I'm usually the bonehead. I admit it. But we have a rule. We've stayed up sometimes pretty late into the wee hours of the morning just working things out because God didn't design us to hold on to anger like that. When you go to bed angry, Guess what? The anger is here. You may wake up not shouting anymore, not raising your voice anymore. Maybe you don't even feel as steamed as you did. But now in your heart, that anger is now compounded, and it's bigger, and it's still there, and it's not going away until you deal with it. Right? And the Bible's clear here that when you hold on to anger, it develops into bitterness. It's a foothold for the devil. And that's exactly what the enemy wants because he knows if you, he can get you to hold on to things, then you're focusing more on that issue rather than on what God's calling you to do right here and right now. And so when the writer of Hebrews talks about casting off the weights, those are just some of them. But God lays it out really clear. And, and the thing God really brought me to tonight was anger. That that anger, when you hold on to it in your heart, it's a foothold for the enemy. Don't give him that. Don't give him that. And the fourth point tonight is God's grace is more than enough. God's grace is more than enough for you to run this race, to tackle any issue that you've been struggling with, anything that's weighing heavy on your heart. As we close tonight, as we begin to close, I just want to ask you guys, I, I would like it if you, you would all just bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to read Hebrews 12 too, to you guys again. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. God's grace is more than enough for you to run this marathon faith race. God's grace is more than enough to help you through whatever valley you may be in tonight. Whatever relationship may be heavy on your heart with a family member, a friend, a co-worker. Jesus endured the cross disregarding its shame because of the joy awaiting him. There's joy awaiting you tonight. And it's not just in eternity. It's right now. There's a call on your life. If you're in here tonight, Maybe you've been struggling with feelings of, of doubt, of self-worth. Self There's a call on your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you. 
No matter how old or young you are, God still has something amazing He wants to do in and through you. No matter where you've been, no matter how badly you feel like you may have messed up or fallen short, there's no mess too great that God can't bring you out of it and give you a message on the other side. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Ephesians 2, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece. The Greek word there is poema. And that means a design by an artisan. You are God's work of art. Don't ever doubt that. You are God's work of art. You're here for a reason. God's breath is in your lungs tonight for a reason. He loves you. He's a good father. And he wants you to run this faith race in his power, in his strength. I just want to before we go, before we close. Is there anyone in here who does not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. We want to pray that prayer with you right now. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ or if you have fallen away from your relationship with God and you want to get back to center, you want to get back to walking with Him and running your faith race with Him, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. If you want to get back to that place where you say, Christ is more than enough. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going back. I want to give another couple of seconds. I want you to raise your hand. Let's all pray with these that raise their hand. Father God, tonight in this place, I give you my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of those uh, forgive, help me to forgive others. And so right now, I give you all of me. And I thank you that I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand. Yeah.